Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today I want to look at Scott Kobos. I'm sure back in 2000, probably hmm, July of 2000, so about 13 months ago, I probably talked briefly about Scott Kobos. When the Cubs signed him, he was in college a left-handed pitcher and a left fielder for Coastal Carolina. He didn't, what I would say, excel at either, but the Cubs offered him a contract off of his junior season, and he signed and decided to go professional and when Scott Cobo signed, I had zero expectations. Zero, zero, zero expectations. Uh, he's a guy. He's from Coastal Carolina. Um, I like to think I know things about college baseball, about how players develop from college into pros, all that kind of stuff. Really, though, there's a whole heck of a lot of guesswork that me sitting at my computer, me sitting by my smartphone, I'm not smart enough to figure out. I'm just not that smart. Scott Kobos pitched three years for Coastal Carolina. His earned run average is yeah, 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 yeah. I know ERAs aren't the do-all and end-all, but his three seasonal ERAs for Coastal Carolina were 7.62, 6.04, and 5.59. Yeah. Okay. He signs with the Cubs. I look at those numbers. Um, okay. Well, congratulations. Go Scott Cobos. Hooray. He makes it to Myrtle Beach in the, in May. And, you know, hey, cool, Scott Kobos. Let's get to know this guy a little bit because who knows, he might be okay. And in eight games, 11 innings pitched, six hits, four walks, 19 strikeouts, and ERA of zero. That's a little bit better than 7.62 or 6.04 or 5.59. Much better. South Bend, eight games. 12.2 innings pitched, 6 hits, 7 walks, 22 strikeouts, 0.71 ERA. Well, he certainly hasn't found a level that can hit him yet. I don't know what Scott Kobos has for his repertoire. I'll be completely honest. When I'm listening to Ball games, I'm not sweating too much, whether it is a cutter or a slider or a slurve or a, I, I, I don't have any idea. I really, unless they're saying what it is, I, I don't know miles per hour. I don't know, I, I don't know much, anything along those lines. What I can tell you though, is if a pitcher has an ERA of 0, 0.00 in low A ball, what I think about doing at some point is moving him up to high A. 
Then if he has a 0.71 ERA with 22 strikeouts in 12 and two-thirds innings at high A, I'd think about moving him up to double A. Well, the Cubs have moved Scott Kobos up to double A, and he debuted in double A on Saturday night. One game, one innings pitched, one inning pitched, no hits, no walks, one strikeout. That's not to say he's going to shred the double A. It's not to say he won't. Once pitchers get on a momentum run, once pitchers get on a momentum run, frankly, it happens to hitters too. Once a player starts playing a whole lot better than anyone expected they would play, at some point, at some time, you almost have to start to buy into it. You almost have to buy into maybe he was better than low A ball and maybe he was better than high A ball. Doesn't mean you are required to think anything any further beyond that. But a small sample size or no, if he's shredding a level... Maybe, 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 maybe he's better than that level. Then you move him up, you're shredding that level. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's better than that level. Now, let's go back in time just a little tiny bit again. He was signed in 2020, which means he's not going to be Rule 5 draft eligible. I talk about the Rule 5 draft a whole lot because if a player is ahead of the Rule 5 draft curve, there's no rush. There's absolutely no rush. Um, Scott Kobos will not be eligible for the Rule 5 draft until December of 2021, 2022, 2023. Scott Kobos will not be Rule 5 draft eligible until the winter, December of 2023. That's a long time from now. Right now, he's in Tennessee. If he hits Tennessee, and Tennessee hits him back, or the other teams in the AA level hit him back. And it turns out, let, let, let's say he has a 5.63 ERA, you know, kind of like one of those numbers he had in college in AA. You don't sweat it. You don't sweat it because AA is hard. Doing well at double-A is hard. There have been plenty of pitchers who get to double-A, and frankly, their first time through, they're not as good as double-A. They just aren't, and um, they have to try again, and they have to try again, and they have to try again, and maybe it works for them sometime. Maybe it doesn't work for them sometime. Scott Kobos in his first full season, is already in Tennessee. There is no kind of rush whatsoever. Get him his outings in Tennessee. Pitch him twice a week. Seem good? Twice a week? Maybe three times a week? Probably twice a week. I pitch two games. Maybe see if he can go two innings once in a while. See how he does. See how he does. Is he already like three and a half or four and a half or six and a half? What, what, what's his ERA? Let, let, let him go there. Let him experience it. If absolutely necessary, send him back down to South Bend if he's getting clobbered. 
But let him experience double A because he's already shown he's better than um, Advanced Day. He's already shown he's better than Low A. Let him get used to double A and there will be probably some outing where he'll go out, he'll pitch two-thirds of an inning, he'll give up five runs. People are going to look at his earned run average and say, oh my God, he's getting killed. No, really, probably he's not. It's possible he has one bad outing and that completely blows his numbers askew. And then what you end up doing, you say, okay, cool. Scott Kobos is likely, if healthy, a double-A reliever in 2022. Left-handed reliever in double-A in 2022. That's fine. That's wonderful. That's marvelous. That's peachy keen. You don't have to get creative. You don't have to out overthink it or anything like that. Did really well in low A. Did really well in high A. Let me have some looks in double A. And then when 2022 comes around, you send back to double A. No worries. Fine. Perfect. Then next year, when he's in double A, he's getting his normal use, uh, normal number of appearances, all that kind of stuff. And then you see how he's doing. How's he doing? Is you know, is ERA three and a half, ERA five. You know, what? How's he doing? How's he doing? And then at some point, what ends up happening is relievers start to put themselves into tears. They put themselves into tears, spelling that T I E R S, not T E A R S. Hopefully. And start looking at 2022. Let's just zoom forward to 2022. Tennessee, let's say they have three left-handed relievers. Fair? Three left-handed relievers. Maybe it'll be five, maybe it'll be four. Who, who the heck knows? Let's say there's three of them. Now, after a while, after a month, month and a half, two, start looking at them, it's like, okay, who looks to be the best call-up to Iowa? if there is a left-handed reliever spot that's needed up in Iowa. Impatiently look at stuff. You take your time. You don't demand. You don't belittle. You don't demean. You look at it. What's going on? Well, you know, what's the, what do the numbers say? And it's not purely numbers because, again, you, you get a situation where, um, oh, I don't know, early in the season, fly ball to left center, and the center fielder misplays the fly ball and it lands and three runs end up scoring and somebody has three earned runs scoring that shouldn't have been charged to them because the center fielder should have cut the ball. Whatever. Um, you don't obsess every day on numbers. But every once in a while you take a look at the numbers. Hey, who, who's got good numbers? Who has good numbers at this level? And as you look at it, if Scott Kobos next year has an ERA, let's say, 2.5, 2.3, hey, you know what you start to wonder about? She go up to AAA. That's how I do it with pitchers. That's how I do it with hitters. I don't so much worry about, um, is this guy a 60-hit tool? Is this guy 50 or 60 power? Is it... Is he getting it done or is he not? Is he better than this level or is he not better than this level? Is this level kicking his butt or is this level not kicking his butt? 
listening to games, generally, I can kind of figure out, hey, this guy's doing fairly well. This guy's doing pretty well. Then if I look at numbers and I see guys got an ERA of 0.00 or 0.71 over 11 or 12 and two-thirds innings, I start thinking, you know what? This guy might be kind of okay. Then he gets called up. With minor league players, don't make it too hard. Don't make it too hard. If a guy is doing better than a league, you can generally figure it out. In the Cubs system as of right now, having Alex Cohen calling AAA games makes it so bloody much easier. Six o'clock games, you get the six o'clock games on the East Coast. You get the Myrtle Beach game. Maybe they might even start at 5 or 5.30. You get Tennessee starting at 6. Maybe some of their games start at 5.30. South Bend, some of their games start most of their games start at 6. Who knows, they might have a 5.30 game too once in a while. But you, you'll listen to those games. You pick your game that most interests you. You'll look at the starting pitchers. Hey, DJ Hers is starting. I'm going to listen to that game. Hey, um, Caleb Killian's starting. I'm going to listen to that game. You prioritize the game that makes the most sense to you. Maybe you have a hitter that you want to get more familiar with. Peg the guy you want to pay attention to. Listen to the guy or the guys that you want to listen to. For a good long while, I've been interested in get me more information, get me more intelligence on Bryce Ball and Alexander Canario. But right now, any of the teams, there are compelling reasons to listen. Any of the teams, you listen to the game, you learn a little stuff, you write something down, you remember something, you hold on to something for the future. Then, as games start to wind down, maybe one of the games turns non-compelling and it's like 9-1 to in the fourth inning. It's like, you know what, I probably better switch to a closer game, whether the Cubs' affiliate's winning or not. Because you're much better off listening to a game that's like 3-2 to instead of a game that's like 11 to nothing. So you get the 3-2 to two game on, it plays through, it gets, okay, all the games are over now on the East Coast. Now, let's listen to the I-Cubs. So then you flip it to the I-Cubs, you flip it, and Alex Cohen is telling you about the relief pitchers. Alex Cohen is telling you, you know, this guy's doing really well. If the Cubs need a relief pitcher at the major league level, this guy'd be a pretty good guy to call up. Hmm, maybe I ought to remember that sentence. People make it too hard. People get too demanding. When is, for instance, DJ Hers? going to debut is it going to be like the the 17th of the month or is he gonna you know be more of a second day of the month or is he gonna be more 25th of the month of that year that you said it we don't know we don't know that that's completely beyond our control what we can control what we can monitor which game makes the most sense to you tonight which game is most interesting? Now, tonight, I very much enjoyed listening to DJ Hur's start. He was fantastic. He indicated to me, as if I didn't already have a hunch, that he really doesn't belong in Myrtle Beach much anymore. He, he belongs to level up. He ought to go to South Bend. And 
as you follow players up the level, it's not a question of what's this guy's estimated time of arrival. It's how far has he already gotten? How far has he already gotten? He's already fought through the one level. Well, the one level he probably should have been at disappeared. So now he's at low A. If he's at high A, then that's even closer to double A. Which guys are doing well at their level? Which guys are doing well enough at their level? they probably ought to get promoted. Let's assume. We're not supposed to assume. But let's assume. Let's assume DJ Hers is going to be hopping onto a flight to go to South Bend. Can you think of anybody else on South Bend's roster that maybe ought to take the flight with him? Because they're doing so darn well that maybe they ought to be promoted as well? I'd put forth old Jonathan Sierra and Jordan Wogu as options. Send them both up to South Bend. That would make sense. Then when they get, when they're at South Bend, then you can send up um, Jonathan Perlaza. You can send him to Double A and tell Brennan Davis to get up to Triple A. Nobody's losing really any of bats. At least not in the. Uh, Lower full season levels. Don't make it so hard. Don't make it so hard. Which guy on this team looks like he's doing well? Which guy on this squad looks like he maybe belongs at a higher level? And why? What What is your logic behind it? What is your reasoning behind it? Now, for some people, ooh, I really like his line drive percentage, his... um. Walks to strikeout ratio is really good as a hitter or whichever. As long as you have a reason, I'm pretty much going to say, oh, okay, well, that's, that's an interesting take. Maybe I'll agree with it, maybe I won't. But have reasons for why this guy ought to get promoted. Have reasons for why. And um, if you have reasons for it, if you're demanding of yourself show me a reason why this should happen then you're three quarters of the way there scott kobos has gone from myrtle beach to south bend to tennessee this year after being a complete afterthought a complete afterthought sometimes players get better on their timeline, not ours. Sometimes their timeline is a lot quicker than ours. Kobos, as a Cub, has been a fantastic thing so far. How's he going to do in Tennessee? Let's see, they probably got, what, three, four more weeks? Something like that? Probably get him, let's see, if it's four weeks, he'll probably get, what, eight, nine, ten? Eight, eight nine outings, something like that? Eight, nine outings? That'll work. Just give him a taste. So that he knows when he gets to AA next year, what is it that he is going to be contending with. We don't have to ask, what's his estimated time of arrival? Is he going to be a lefty specialist? Or is he going to be... We don't know. We don't have to know. He will answer those questions for us. If he is a whole lot better 
than double-A pitching. You know what happens? You, you know what happens then, don't you? If he's a whole lot better than double-A pitching by whenever. You know what happens then, right? Yeah, he gets called up. Let the numbers speak, but more so, pick a game a week. Some of you guys are laughing at your computers. Dude, I'm already listening to three games. What the heck are you telling me to select one game? Pick a minor league game a week. And learn from it. When I started doing this thing, I was not thinking, yes, I'm going to prioritize minor league games completely over the major league game. That was the farthest thing from my mind because I'd grown up watching and listening to Cubs games for often on my entire life. And it had been a huge part of my life, again, off and on. When I started listening to Nathan Believa called Peoria Chiefs games when Trey McNutt was pitching. It took, it took. I understood there is a level of baseball. There is a complete underclass of baseball where development is what matters. Where development is what matters and wins and losses are incidental. And once, I didn't have to invert myself. I, I was going to say, once I inverted myself to that, I've been that way the whole time. If a pitcher is doing his job. Okay. Sidebar. Keegan Thompson started for the Cubs today. Very possibly, you watched his start. I was listening to a bunch of it. We probably all have thoughts on how he did, how he can possibly improve, etc., 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 etc. All good. <laughs> At some point soon, he will start another game. How will he do in that one? Will he last longer than the three innings or four? One of the two. Will he last longer than he did in his first start? Will he have fewer pitches per inning than he did in his first start? Will he have better command? Will he keep the hitters off balance? Will he throw strike one, strike two instead of ball one, ball two? Those are all the things that you're looking for when you have a developing player. Is he doing the basics better than he did them last time? With the minor leagues, you're doing that for 180 players. You're doing that for 180 players, especially the four full season teams. Especially for the guys that interest you. So you pick that guy that fascinates you. Maybe it's DJ Hers. Next Saturday night, he's starting somewhere. Maybe it's Myrtle Beach. Maybe it's South Bend. Maybe it's Friday. But DJ Hers makes his next start. 
Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe, maybe you decide, I'm going to listen to DJ Herz's start. Irrespective of if the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs are playing or not. Because I'm more interested in how DJ Herz is doing, really, than how Frank Schwindel's going to do. It's not that I don't care about Frank Schwindel. I'd you know, be nice to decide if he's more left column, center column, or right column for next year. But as for right now, perhaps maybe you think DJ Hers is more compelling for you on the day of his start than Frank Schwindel is and the rest of the major league team. Maybe you decide, you know, hey, I, I'm still going to watch Kyle Hendricks' starts. And I want to watch Justin Steele, and I want to watch Keegan Thompson. But when Zach Davies is starting, I don't know. Now I'm going into that look of the uh, the two Muppets from Manamana and the, and the dude that's singing the lead starts to freelance and the two Muppets look at me. Nobody's going to come steal your Cubs fan card because you have a different look at things than other people do. Have your guy. Have your three or four guys. And base the, you know, maybe you're a South Bend fan. You're leaning South Bend a lot because you really like Canario. That's cool. That's great. Look at the lineup. And someday, Canario's off. You don't have a conniption fit. It's like, okay, you know, gets a day off. Good to let players get days off. Heck, Canario might even get a day off on Sunday. Might even make sense with Nico Horner. But uh, if, if it is a situation where, okay, the guy who I really wanted to, he's taking a day off. The Cubs, uh, the Cubs pipeline is now to the point where you can check in on any team, any team, and they will have something that's going to scratch that itch. And, and, and. If Owen Casey is coming to Myrtle Beach, which should probably shoot some other people up, if Owen Casey is coming to Myrtle Beach, that makes it that much easier to pick whichever game, whichever game is playing. Know who's playing. Know when the starting times are. Have your game pegged. And if you're end, you end up picking a game, and it's like, wow, I'm really looking forward to this South Bend game, or I'm really looking forward to this Myrtle Beach game. And it's 7-1 the third inning. Change the game. Go to a different game. 7-1's not going to teach you a whole lot. 7-1 might already taught you a whole lot. Perhaps you already learned a whole lot about some of the players. But once it hits 7-1, you're probably not going to learn a whole lot more. Because 
somebody's going to be bringing in a reliever with an ERA um, upwards of eight. Because you got to get the guy in sometime. Scott Kobos has been fantastic in 2021. Will it continue? I don't know. But when I look at the numbers and compare them to anything what that I even might have remotely thought he was going to kick out. Hey, if he keeps doing this stuff, we're going to pay a little bit more attention soon. People talk about when the Cubs are going to be good again at the major league level. Is it going to be when this? Is it going to be when that? Is it going to be when the other thing? I tell you when it's going to be. It's going to be when the Cubs have three or four really good all-star caliber players making just about league minimum. When the Cubs have that, I don't care who those players are. Because that doesn't really matter. What matters is that they have them. If the Cubs have players who are getting to rock and roll against Major League opposition, then the Cubs are going to be fine. If they don't have that going on, they will not be fine. That's what it's going to boil to. When the Cubs have enough talent that they're going to be able to compete with League minimum talent, they'll be fine. If it's going to require them going out and spending a whole bunch of money on a player that probably really doesn't want to come to Chicago and finish in fourth place, that's not going to get it done. The Cubs will be fine when they have good young players who are competitive and will allow the front office to spend the money that's available on players that will improve the team. And the players that will improve the team will want to come along. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it's always worked. That's how it's always going to work. If you develop internally, you'll be fine. If you don't, you won't be. It's been that way. It will continue to be that way. And the way the CBA is the CBA is getting more and more important as time goes on. Uh, I don't see the importance of having good young talent getting less important. Scott Kobos is a fantastic story for 2021. And I'm certainly not going to rule out that he might be a good story for 2022 as well. You know what? There's going to only be one way that we know if he's a good story for 2022 or not. That's if we listen in 2022. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Be safe. Be nice to others. And pick a good minor league game to listen to on Sunday. If you want the first one out of the gate, it'll be Tennessee.